are listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bateman. Check out anxietycanada.com for more totally free anxiety resources, including our app MindShift CBT. My next guest I'm talking to is Melanie Badali. Melanie, are you there? Yes, hello, John. I'm how, here. How are you? I'm great, thank you. That's great. You're, I'm also anxious. <laughs> yeah, you're anxious. You should... <laughs> this has been quite and I know all the tools. I know all the tools. And hey. I was I was waiting on hold thinking this is quite hilarious because I'm super anxious. Well and that's you, why we're here, right? Yeah, you should see it from my perspective because you know, I, this was my idea, right? <laughs> and then maybe sometime around Saturday or Sunday I started thinking, Oh no. And I started getting yeah, I started getting anxiety, started having like mini panic attacks. And uh and that's just the f- I I'll, I'll consider that folly. But um, it's uh, well, it's interesting and it's heartening to hear that, you know, a, a trained uh, therapist, uh, you're a psychologist, a registered psychologist, yes, um, right. experiences anxiety. Thank goodness. We, we all experience anxiety and some of us more than others. Some yeah. of us, uh, you know, are kind of wired that way and some of us uh, get some baggage along the way. That, yeah, for and, sure. That, and then anxiety is kind of new for some people and then some people it's uh, you know, it, it can wax and wane. And, you know, for me, I think the key is not letting anxiety boss you around. So you did have a great idea. This is an amazing idea. And we need more people to be out here, you know, talking about anxiety, talking about what tools we can use to manage anxiety, um, such as Anxiety Canada's great new um, MindShift CBT app. But yeah. also, you know, to say, here I am, um, and just because I'm thriving doesn't mean I'm not also suffering yeah. <laughs> with, with some anxiety, too. And that there is, you know, definitely a management uh, component involved for people with anxiety disorders. That is, you know, people who have uh, symptoms that cause them the distress and, and, you know, the anxiety starts interfering with their lives. Yeah. Did you did you experience anxiety, you know, on a on like a critical level at any point in your life? You know what? I I was very lucky because I've always been a worrier. I come from a long line of worriers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the, the anxiety, the, the the name anxiety has had de- many different names over the years. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I just thought certain things were normal because yeah. everybody, you know, in my family was that way. Um, for me, it started ramping up in my 20s and I'm 45 now. And, you know, I was just... Uh, reflecting uh, before uh, I, you know, was going to be talking with you about how lucky I was that I had already started some graduate training in clinical psychology and I knew about anxiety because when I had my first panic attack, I knew what it was. (laughs) That's interesting. I've never really heard that angle before. Yeah, well, that's why I thought, okay, what can I talk about that's actually unique? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you knew what was happening. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, how strange is that? Uh, yeah, it was strange. I mean, it and, and it was different. And I think it's an example where, you know, panic attacks are quite common. Mm-hmm. And then whether or not they develop into panic disorder, where you start having more of them, and then you start doing things differently, because you don't want to have another one, and you start to develop kind of that fear of fear. Yeah, I think I was very lucky, because I was able to figure out uh, what was going on, and so it didn't feel good. It was very, very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was as scary for me. I didn't actually feel like I was going to die or lose control or go crazy or some of the common thoughts 
people mm-hmm. have because I realized what was happening. I'm like, oh, oh I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> I, I guess, I, I mean, if I can use it in this term, I guess you're lucky in that sense. Yeah, no, I definitely... Having a attack is never lucky, but... No, no, uh, but I, I definitely was lucky, and I think, you know, for me, that's one of the great things about Anxiety Canada, is that, you know, one of the things you could do is, you know, search anxiety, and you can have access to high-quality evidence-based information at Anxiety Canada, so you can learn a little bit more about what's going on. And, mm. um, you know, of course, you have to know that it is, in fact, anxiety, because panic attacks, often when people are experiencing, they don't know what's happening, and a lot of people end up in the ER thinking they're having a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, I think Anxiety Canada, that is one of the things um, that, you know, we offer is that high-quality education mm-hmm. for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it costs money to make it all happen, but for <laughs> the average uh, Canadian... For the user. Access it. For the user, it's free. Yeah. What um, what what led you down... Because there's many different many different facets of, uh, of psychology. What led you down the CBT uh, route? Well, it was a, a, a bit of a... Uh, an easy path for me, the first course I took on any type of therapy was cognitive behavior therapy back in my undergrad at McGill University. And um, the instructor who taught it included not only, you know, what was the theory and what were some of the research studies, but what I thought was an overwhelming amount of evidence that this type of therapy worked really well for a lot of different problems. And Mm so that was my taster. And then when I went on to graduate school, the program um, that I was lucky enough to be accepted to had a strong CBT focus. So I was able to get really good training right from the get go. Mm-hmm. But that's not everybody's path. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I thought to ask this when you mentioned your panic attack. Um, do you find that that, uh, uh, obviously, you have empathy. You know, you you are a psychologist. Ideally, but yeah, ideally, that's right. Not guaranteed, though, right? With uh, with every psychologist and psychiatrist out there, but you do. Um, uh, I'm get, I guess I'm wondering. You know, when you had your panic attack and you gained that that real that that on the street understanding, um, did that does that did that help you with your practice with how you deal with patients? So, I mean, I don't believe that you need to have personal experience with everything to help somebody. I think yeah. there's enough commonalities of the human condition, things that we share, you know, in terms of suffering and distress. But I think it, it it's an extra layer of insight into how horrible it feels in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's different types of empathy. There's cognitive empathy, and that's kind of being able to see things from another person's perspective. Mm -hmm. And then there's emotional empathy, which is really kind of sharing the feelings with someone else. And so I think in cognitive behavior therapy, we're often looking at that cognitive piece where we're trying to look at things from different perspectives and also helping people look at different things, Mm -hmm. um, things from different perspectives, Mm -hmm. in particular with an anxiety one that focuses on um, you know, a realistic appraisal of their ability to cope and of current threat. Because with anxiety, often people overestimate the threat or danger and also underestimate how well they're going to be able to cope or handle with a, situa- a, a situation. So mm-hmm. um, we're often talking about different perspectives. But in terms of, you know, that little insight into, you know, 
what it feels like to be overwhelmed in the moment. Yes, I definitely have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess I guess so for sure. It's interesting. Like I, I often wonder, you know, and maybe you have more insight into that. Is there's there's people who do like if you subjected say ten people to the same kind of stressors, there's that percentage of people which is alarmingly high um, mm-hmm. that it goes to that next level. You know, mm-hmm. it goes to that next level of 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 getting a phobia or, you know, becoming chronically having chronic anxiety or generalized uh-huh. anxiety. Um, you know, in your research and your studies, what, what's the difference between, between besides just being a fluke of nature? Um, what kind of, what kind of things can inform, can, can create that kind of, you know, difference in, in reactions with people? I think that's a great question. And, you know, there's been studies done for different, uh, you know, disorders that, and there's definitely more nuances in the literature, but I think uh, the take-home is it's usually a number of factors. So there are, as you said, kind of fluke of nature, which I put as, you know, kind of genetic vulnerabilities. Yeah, yeah. And there's kind of these, uh, you know, evolutionary mechanisms that, you know, are we're not born blank slates, right? Or yeah. We come kind of pre-wired with some stuff. Yeah, for um, sure. But as a, a cognitive behavior therapist, my slant definitely is what are the cognitive factors or the, the, the ways you're thinking about things mm-hmm. that might be um, making things worse or maintaining things? And what things are you doing that are making things worse? So, for example, you have this great idea. Let's do anxiety stories. <laughs> then it's the weekend before you're like, oh, crap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. My great ideas. What am I getting myself into? Yeah. I thought it was going to help people with anxiety disorders. And now, and it might not even be that at the cognitive level, you're thinking I'm going to make a fool of myself or, uh, you know, nobody's going to participate. Like, it might not even be that, you know, concrete. You just might have this, like, full body reaction yeah. <laughs> to, to yeah. the upcoming event. Now, if at that time you decide to call it off and you say, oh, sorry, anxiety kind of, you're going to have to find yourself another host, Yeah. well, you're never going to learn that you can actually move through that anxiety to accomplish your goal. And you don't get to learn that often good ideas come with a side of anxiety. For yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and it's interesting because that's been one of my go-to things, you know, coming up to this and, and, you know, going, talking to my, to my friends and so else before this. And it, with me, with my experience, it's always been a matter of, you know, uh, being presented with something, having anxiety about it, and then often taking the plunge and then being glad I did it afterwards. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the faith that I'm running with today. Um, you know, if I'm speaking frankly, my, my big concern about today is, is being triggered. It's like, I'm, I'm going to be talking to all these people who have anxiety, who, you know, all about anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. It's, it's ruled my life. How's this going to be, how's this going to affect me the next hour, the next day, you know, the next month after this happens. So that's, yeah. that's been my big, my big thing that I've been thinking well, and, about. And you might be more vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes if we kind of open ourselves up a little bit to the painful emotions, they don't boss us around quite so much. You know, if we fight them, yeah. sometimes they, they just get feistier. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes doing things that are worth it, um, you know, will involve, you know, an escalation in some symptoms. And you'll see that, you know, marathon marathon runners don't generally feel super energetic the next day. I no, don't think. no. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I what I I found in my experience with anxiety is that it does go. 
um, I, you know, I've had really bad anxiety and then I felt I have had long, long, long periods of time where I felt normal in quote marks uh-huh. and good. So that's <laughs> another one of the things that I go to. Um, when right. I start thinking, oh, I'm going to be triggered, I start th- telling myself, no, um, yeah. maybe I will get triggered. Maybe I'll feel a little bit, but there's, there's smooth sailing ahead still. Right. Yeah. Or it's worth it. Yeah. Right. And I think you, um, you bring up, or you reminded me of, of one thing that a lot of people with anxiety share is we don't like uncertainty. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We prefer, no. we, we prefer things to be certain. We like to have a sense of control and, you know, there's definitely times where I think, okay, well, I could say no to that say, mm-hmm. media interview or talking with John, and I will have less anxiety yeah, yeah. temporarily, but then I also don't get to help people or I don't get to help bust up some stigma and share, you know, my story and, and be part of something. And so, um, you know, one of the things that happens for people who have kind of, call it sort of similar to an allergy to uncertainty is that we will often fill in the blanks with something negative rather than just to have the uncertainty hanging there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and so, again, you know, being aware that that might be one of your tendencies and then, you know, being strategic in your actions mm-hmm. and, you know, what you're doing and also trying to balance out those, you know, anxiety-promoting thoughts with the more balanced, realistic thoughts is you know, those are some of the things that you can do um, with cognitive behavior therapy and also that you can do on your own. Um, Anxiety Canada's MindShift CBT app actually has yeah, yeah. Uh, parts of it where you can work on balancing your thinking, um, trying to figure out if you're falling into any thinking traps yeah. um, and setting behavioral challenges for yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I want to ask you a little bit, um, you know, in your, in your um, experience as a therapist, um, how often do you like? How often is going back and talking to people about previous experiences a relevant pursuit with you? Well, so that's a great question. Um, so my primary orientation is cognitive behavior therapy, which is a you know kind of present moment here and now mm-hmm. uh, therapy. You know, you usually when you're setting goals, like oh, you know, I can't leave my house. <laughs> I would like to be able to leave my house. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, where where you are focused on getting people to be doing the things that they want to be doing to lead a valued life and exploring current thought patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think it's worth exploring previous experiences. And in cognitive behavior therapy, we, we call, um, we usually go at it in, in a kind of a different way. We, we call it exploring core beliefs or uh, schemas. So those yeah. kind of organizing principles that would give rise to um, some of that, you know, kind of in the moment chatter that we have going on in, in our brains. So mm-hmm. I think it can be very useful. Yeah. Uh, the reason I ask is because um, one of the things that I found that I learned about cognitive behavioral, because I, I, I didn't get into cognitive behavioral therapy until more recently. Um, mm-hmm. And I got into it, uh, I, I, I experienced it with a psycho- psychiatrist one-on-one, and it was very... Um, it was very clinical, and I, and I understand that, but I'm also a very kind of emotional person. Um, uh-huh. And to be honest, sometimes I just need to go into therapy and cry uh, uh-huh. because I find it hard to, to do that in, out in real, real life. But, right. um, but what I did find uh, interesting about CBT is, this, is the, the concept of thought patterns and, and thought uh-huh. patterns that are established from a young age. So, because I, I had sort of a traumatic 
uh, thing happen when my parents split up when I was young. You know, it, uh-huh. I was like five. It came out of nowhere. Uh, I wasn't expecting uh-huh. it. And that was really hard. And that, and I, and I think that, that led me, that led my thought patterns to get entrenched the wrong way. Um, uh-huh. So I, I guess I'm wondering how, like, it, in that circumstance, how often do you, do you utilize that in terms of retraining? Or can you talk a little bit about the, the, how you retrain thought patterns in, that, in those terms? I, I think that's a good example, and sometimes, um, you know, it's hard to go back and, and, you know, be in the mind of a five-year-old, but, yeah. you know, it's just the example that you shared, you know, it's common in, in situations like that, that people might pick up beliefs like, you know, I'm not going to have any warning when bad things happen, so I, right. you know, mm-hmm. something bad could be around every any corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and yeah. so let's just say that that was something you didn't realize in your five-year-old brain. Yeah, well, no, I I can tell you, I don't think I did. I, yeah. Picking up, but you know, somebody, and then and then you know, those kinds of things can stick with you, you know, for longer periods of life, and mm-hmm. and you know, there are common, um, you know, underlying beliefs that definitely drive. Um, some anxiety disorders, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a technique in uh, cognitive behavior therapy called the downward arrow te- technique. And right. so, you know, one of the things like, okay, so I won't use you, but I'll, I'll use my, myself. Yeah, so, yeah, Melanie, sure. you're you're anxious that you're you know going to be doing this uh, live interview with with John Bateman, and you have two sisters who are art teachers, and, you, you know, you, you're, you, who knows what you're going to say, and you're the board director, and you may make a fool of yourself, and then, then you would ask yourself, okay, so what would be so, so bad about that? Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Okay, so you do make a fool of yourself, you say something stupid in front of John and whoever else is listening. Thanks for listening to okay, Our Anxiety Stories, so the Anxiety Canada podcast then, with John Bateman. What would be Bateman. so bad about that? Check out yeah. AnxietyCanada.com well, for more you know, anxiety resources, including our app, MindShipCBT. And if you are like really what you hear, yeah. please consider making a donation. Yeah. This podcast yeah. is made possible by listeners like you. Unlovable people are going to think I'm stupid, you know. Um, and so there's definitely ways to explore that in cognitive behavior therapy yeah. um, as well. Yeah, for sure. It, and, you know, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I'm, I'm curious about the, the brain a little bit. I mean, I'm curious about the brain a lot, um, as much as one brain can be curious about itself. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I'm curious about how, are there, do, do within our thought processes and our thought patterns, do they get entrenched and can they be reprogrammed? I think that's a, a great question. So uh, Donald Hubb, who um, I don't think he was born in Canada, but he worked out of McGill University for years. He was known for saying that neurons that fire together wire together so that the more you have you know, similar thought patterns, the more they're going to form a neural network. Um, and there's also some research that shows that attention density, so how much attention you're paying to something, mm-hmm. can make those pathways stronger. So if anybody has ever studied for a test or learned a new instrument, you know that you need to practice, right? Or, you know, if you read something once, you're probably not going to remember that as easily if you read it and write notes, or if you right. read it, write notes and do flashcards, yeah. and then are tested on it. Um, and so the the idea is that um, you know our brains are we have neuroplasticity, which is a super cool thing. Basically means that you know our brains can change. Yeah. Every time, if you've ever learned something new, you've changed your brain. Oh, it's yeah. super cool. 
So, um, you know, while you're learning the new pathways, it's like if you were building, you know, building a new pathway through the woods in a, in a forest, you know, if there's already one pathway that's well-worn, that one's going to be easier to walk down than maybe a new one that you're building, then, even though that new one is going to be maybe a better route with a nicer view and, and faster while you're still building that and before the other one kind of grows over. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it is going to be less automatic, and that's why if you can get some tools, like, you know, CBC is one of them, but, uh, you know, maybe get a friend to walk that new path with you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you know, y- you can uh, definitely, I think, change your automatic thought patterns. I mean, not all of them. Some of them are just, like, one way to think of them is, like, popcorn thoughts. They're just, they're just going to pop up, but you don't have to pay attention to everyone. The more you pay attention to them, mm-hmm. the, the more that the stronger they're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll just tell you in closing that I've got, I've got a lot of art teachers in my family and, you know, I certainly understand. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I really appreciate you talking to me, Melanie. Um, it's been incredibly informative and very, of course, as you know, important that people out there watching and listening uh, understand that there's many people out there like you to help, and then there's people out there like me, who sometimes seem like I'm silently suffering, but I'm I'm here and I'm open, and there's a whole community waiting to help people. Great. I appreciate you uh, taking part, Melanie. Okay. Thanks, John. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our anxiety stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bateman. Check out anxietycanada.com for more anxiety resources, including our app MindShift CBT. And if you like what you hear, please consider making a donation. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Until next time.